From Yahoo Finance, this is Ballots and Dollars, a podcast about the politics that affect your pocketbook. I'm Rick Newman. And I'm Alexis Christophorus. Today, we are waving to the public (laughs) and talking about the R word, recession. Oh, oh my God. Recession. I can't believe you said that. (laughs) I've been saying it a lot lately. Oh, my. We're... Because it no, looks like no family standards here. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. looks like the Democrats are running on the recession platform. They're trying to scare us all into thinking there's going to be this horrible recession. And of course, Trump is telling us if you don't vote for me, we're sure as heck going to fall into a recession. It's a little unsettling. Just a little uh, bit. I, I mean, because if you're if you're opposed to uh, President Trump. Uh, there's an incentive for you to hope there is a recession because a recession would basically sink his presidency. He might be sunk without a recession. His approval rating is so weak. Um, but uh, if there is a recession, it would almost certainly pave the way to a replacement. And we, we know from history, it's almost impossible for an incumbent president to get reelected if there is a recession that people feel and if they're watching people get laid off and the unemployment rate is going up and people are starting to hoard money because they're afraid of what's coming. The president does not get reelected. Uh, but um, we, we're not in a recession right now, almost certainly. And I, I will actually uh, stick my neck out and I am going to forecast that we are not going to have a recession before the 2020 election. Um, I think that there just is not enough going wrong. It's not as if every too much is going right. I think there's just not enough going wrong uh, to cause a recession um, by, you know, within the next from now, we're talking 15 months or one that at least feels like a recession by the time voters go to the uh, voting booths in November of 2020. Well, of course, it depends on who you talk to. And I it talk sure to does. a yep. lot of economists and strategists every day here at Yahoo Finance. And some of them, in, in my sort of anecdotal con, uh, consensus here, is that we'll, we'll probably see some sort of mild recession. And they and they do stress mild. In Q2, is anybody putting a time frame on Q2 that? Q2 or Q3 of 2020 is what they're saying. Okay. That by, it'll be by this time next year, within a year. Short-lived. And, that, and, and my, my question is, if it, if it is at that time, and it is very Trump's mild— dead. Does Trump's Trump – you He's, think so? See, I think, I think Trump survives that. Well, how? Because there's not enough pain for enough people to say this is horrible. We need to put somebody else in that in office. Because at that so point, they know a, what they've got and they figure, you know what? If this is as bad as it's going to get, then let's just stick with what we know. OK. So what are the characteristics of your hypothetical recession a year from now? Well like, – OK. The unemployment rate is 3 percent, 3.7 percent now. What, is it, what does it go up to in your – 5.7? I don't, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can have a recession with, with unemployment, unemployment that, that low. low. I mean, like we've had that look, used to be almost normal for a non-recessionary time. But if you look at the definition of a recession, it is two back-to-back quarters of yep. negative or flat growth. So we could have negative point one growth. What, is, what does that we really could. mean to the average person? Probably not a lot. And if they're not feeling it in their day-to-day lives, are they really going to take it out? On President Trump to the extent that he doesn't get reelected. Well, let's play this out. Uh, I think they would. And the, here, here's why I think they would. Um, so if let's say you're right and we go from 3.7 percent unemployment now, let's say it does go up to something that's still under 6 percent. But to get from 3.7 to 5.7 to go up by a couple of percentage points, that means we have to have not just um, hiring stagnates, but we have to have layoffs. layoffs so people right. would be losing their jobs. And I think I think one layoff has a huge multiplier effect on confidence um, because, first of all, companies don't lay off one person. They, uh, If they feel they have to cut back, they lay off. I mean, depending on the size of the company, obviously, they lay off a couple hundred or maybe even a couple thousand if you're a big company. Um, and if we are in a recessionary scenario, well, 
laid off people are not finding it easy to go just get a job at the next company down the street. So, And I think when ordinary people start to hear about layoffs, even if it doesn't directly affect them or it may affect them, but they're not the person laid off. It works on their psyche. I think that has a a very pronounced effect on confidence. And confidence is what people – it's that intangible thing, which is people's willingness to spend money. Um, And if if consumer spending drops by 10 percent, so uh, it's not hard to imagine – or let's say even 5 percent. Uh, that has a big effect on the economy, and then it becomes kind of self-fulfilling. So if you start to see slow down, a slowdown in consumer spending, that's the biggest part of the economy, uh, then you're going to have more layoffs by companies saying, we need to prepare. I mean, companies tend to be – they can get rid of people easily here in the United States, and they tend to be proactive or preemptive about that. So if they think bad times are coming, they want to uh, shore up their balance sheets ahead of time. So you get in that cycle where I think it's hard to – even if it's a mild recession – we don't know it's going to be a mild recession when we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people – some people are still very scarred by the last recession, which was terrible. So, Rick, do you think that maybe some Democrats are actually going to bed at night wishing and hoping Absolutely. for a recession? I mean that seems yep. a little unpatriotic to me. Yeah, I think some people are conflicted on this. Who, um, who amongst the candidates do you think may be praying extra hard for that recession? Boy, I don't know because I'm only thinking about five candidates. I think the ones really, who have, the really best have shot. a chance. So that's okay. Biden, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Warren, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Pete Buttigieg, who is kind of just barely hanging in there. Um, it would benefit. Look, it would benefit any one of them. It would, and it would also it would benefit Democrats everywhere if there were a recession because it would uh, make it more likely that the Democrat will win in 2020. And not only that, when the Democrat wins in the general election, there's a coattail effect. The Democrat tends to pull um, members, of con- you know, m- more members of Congress with him because more people just vote straight down the down the ticket, and you get more Democrats out voting in the first place. So, I think it's not just um, Democratic candidates, um, uh, presidential candidates, but probably lots of Democrats, whether they're lower t- uh, tier candidates or just voters. Um, I, I I think people also think of a recession as as in the abstract. They think of it as something that'll be like a thing that cable news talks about but won't really affect them. Mm. Um, But it will. I mean, a recession will affect ordinary people. Um, Lots of them. I mean, totally normal in a recession that we have several million job losses. Um, And we have – we do have protective measures in place for some of them, extended unemployment insurance and things like that. But that doesn't mean you're made whole when you lose your job. You're not. Um, You suffer a kind of a permanent setback when you lose your job, especially in a recession when it's it's not easy to get – not easy to go get another job. Right. Nonetheless, um, I think it, it is so obvious that a recession would tr- sink Trump for good um, and it would just give Democrats a higher comfort level right now that they can beat him. Um, and I guess the good news about this is that no matter whether you want to re- – if, even if you do hope there's a recession, there's not anything anybody can actually do to trigger a recession. Ordinary – the only people who could potentially – um, have enough power to actually contribute to the onset of a recession are the president himself through bad policy, and Trump might actually be doing that. With and through pro- lots of tweets. With his protectionist trade <laughs> that policy. That makes the stock market And nervous. bashing the Fed. And then also the Federal Reserve. I mean, so a policy mistake is one of the things that can cause or contribute to a recession. Um, you or I can't make a policy mistake that will affect the economy. And despite what Trump thinks – by the way, I, I, I think there may even be some truth in Trump's accusation that the media wants him to fail, even if it means that the country fails in a certain way. I, I think there is – he, he uh, generates such intense uh, emotional feedback – 
that I think that's actually fairly normal. And I think that's probably more widespread than a lot of people and a lot of journalists would uh, acknowledge. It's possible that – I mean I think it's possible and maybe even plausible that the media is rooting for Trump to fail. At least portions of the media are. Well, he certainly thinks so. But I also think that Trump is completely wrong when he says the news – he calls us fake news, but he's wrong. We're real news. That we can actually uh, eventuate a recession. Mm-hmm. I don't think the media like talk has ourselves the power. into a recession. I don't think the media has the power – not even talk ourselves into talk other people into it. Uh, the public is very skeptical of the media. And um, they don't believe us. If we're bullshitting, they, they don't believe us. Mm-hmm. And you don't think if business shouldn't. leaders keep hearing on the news, recession, recession, it's coming, it's coming, that doesn't sort of – I mean, because they're human too. Depends where they hear it. Are they – hearing it from the news media I don't think matters to smart business leaders anyway because they, they have probably the best set of eyes into what's actually happening in the economy they sort of have a front row seat, as anybody if you will. has, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they see the business activity. They know what their customers are doing. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, businesses measure capacity, you know, down to three decimal points, um, and they can tell: did factory capacity go up, go up by a t- or output or whatever? Did it go up by a tenth of a point? Down by a tenth? Um, I have a friend who works in cardboard. He can tell what's happening in the whole economy by uh, at, by the capacity level cardboard plants are operating at because cardboard boxes are used for shipping mm-hmm. consumer packages. And when they fall off into the 90% or even the 80% range, that's bad news. You know, what's already in a recession are some of the S&P 500 sectors. We do have an earnings recession mm-hmm. in particular sectors. If you look at tech, for instance, materials, industrials, they're all either flat or negative growth right now. Some of the brighter spots have been healthcare for obvious reasons and also the banks, at least for now, yep. until we get more negative yields around the world and then their profit margins get squeezed. But at least for now, financials are still the place to be. So at some point, if enough of those, about half of the S&P 500 sectors are now in a quote-unquote earnings recession, if more of them start to experience that, that has to hit regular Americans on Main Street. I'm not sure about that. Um, and I, Depending I, on the I, sector? I wonder, I wonder if that phrase is, is not um, kind of inaccurate because um, a recession in the overall economy is declining is when the economy actually shrinks. Um, that is not the same as when corporate profits shrink because when corporate profits shrink, you still have profits. You just have uh, less profits than you had before. Um, and in a way, that's almost normal because there are various factors that affect companies. I mean, profits don't always – it's not normal for profits always to go up without interruption. Um, in a, if, if, you, if we all had perfect information and made perfect decisions, that would probably be the case, but it's not the case. Um, so if profits go down, companies are still profitable at current levels of employment. So that can affect stocks and it could affect – Hiring plans, um, hiring could. plans, R&D. via via the stock market mechanism, which mm-hmm. is the pass through. Is well, in order to placate investors and keep the stock up there with profits down, we have to cut costs, and that means we have to cut labor, and that means jobs. Um, not so, so. You know what happens in the stock market sometimes stays in the stock market, and only sometimes spreads to the broader economy. So while an earnings recession certainly affects stocks. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's. A, I don't take it as a matter of faith that it also affects the real economy in the same way. I mean, by the way, do you think it has affected stocks? I mean, if the not, earnings recession, yeah, not. You know what? The manufacturing sector for sure. Yeah. So we are. So we are seeing a re, what is considered a manufacturing recession, which is a decline in output for mm-hmm. two quarters in a row. 
but and there's a lot of jobs. But at hiring stake there. has not declined. I mean, so we've still added some manufacturing jobs. Right. The last jobs report, we, I think, as showed we've seen this decline in output. There were a few thousand additional jobs in manufacturing. So that's puzzling. Uh, it like is puzzling. What is going on there? Is is if um, if the companies are still hiring people, that means they think the um, decline in output is temporary. And, they're, and they think the future looks pretty good, which is why they would still be bringing people on. They could be wrong. If they think that, they could be wrong. Um, and maybe uh, demand will decline in the future. But I think if you're in a, uh, in a sector of the economy or a company that provides stuff for consumers, you see strong demand. Uh, you know, and that's your gauge. And yeah. the consumer has definitely been powering yeah. whatever growth we've been seeing here in the U.S. Okay, so you and I are trying to put a timeline on something you can't put a timeline on, which is well, we can certainly guess, but we can have fun guessing. So, um, so let, a lot so, of the people so I've let's spoke just be to, clear, yeah. so that so that people can come and throw spitballs at us in a year. So you are saying we will have be in a recession about a year from now. Mild recession by mild Q3. recession Q3 of next and year. And I'm mild saying recession. we won't. So now, we don't disagree th- about much. So we have a we have uh, there a, you go a gentle person's disagreement on this. But economists, there was a recent survey that showed most economists believe we're in for a recession by 2021. Yes. So this is the National Association of Business Economists, and this is economists who work for big companies. Um, and they there I think there's a quarterly survey. So. Um, these numbers are kind of interesting because they were actually a little more pessimistic earlier this year when they uh, took this survey. So I just I'll read a couple of statistics without boring everyone to death. But so when they asked the economists in February, did you do you think we're going to have a recession in 2019 this year? 10 percent said yes. But when they asked them in July, only 2 percent said yes. Wow. That's so, that really you know, they were they were they, that group was more bearish about yeah. this year than they are now. So they were kind of wrong. That's only 10 percent. So at any rate. Um, but at the same time, may I interject, the trade war has intensified. It hasn't, that's, uh, that's right. So but, go figure. So why are they more optimistic? They should be more pessimistic, shouldn't they? You'd think. Anyway, uh, so 40 percent, 30 percent think we'll have a recession by 2020. So you put those two together. That's 40 percent who think we'll have a recession either by this year or by 2020. That's the Trump reelection scenario. So fewer than half think we're going to have a recession by the time Trump uh, is up for reelection. Um, another 34 percent think we will have a recession by 2021. If Trump wins, that would be the first term of his second term. Um, but I honestly, if if we if we have a recession in 2021, well, the economy will be cooling in 2020. It'll be weaker than it is now. And that might be as bad for Trump as an actual recession scenario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, in this survey, I also found it interesting that these these economists felt like things were pretty good on the fiscal policy front. Thirty seven percent thought, you know what, things are right just where they are. And they were even more bullish on the monetary policy. So I'm looking for my chart. Right and uh, so I think you're right. I think 37% said, sorry for the shuffling of papers, people. This is just the sound of journalism being conducted. <laughs> um, In real time. So fiscal policy, which is government spending and government taxation levels, 37% say it's about right, but 51% say it's uh, too stimulative which means uh, the government has cut taxes too much or spent too much money. And that would only be a problem if you're um, running up deficits in order to do that. But right. guess what? We are. We yeah. are running up deficits. So Trump is going to have a $1 trillion deficit for this fiscal year that ends in September. Uh, that's appalling. We've mm-hmm. only had trillion-dollar deficits during um, during deep recessions before um, when the government – that's when the government is supposed to borrow money in order to spend it to get the economy back on its feet. You should not be doing that. 
during uh, if the economy's strong, but we are doing it. Um, and then on monetary policy, which is the Fed, uh, about about where's the number here? More than half say, uh, yeah, sixty-two percent say the Fed has got it about right. Um, that seems that seems about right. I mean, the Fed. We know the Fed is in a now in a in a modest loosening cycle. They're cutting rates a little bit, maybe a little bit more. We don't know. Um, but something's not right when the short-term interest rates get no higher than 2.5%, which is where they peaked, and the Fed starts to get so worried it starts cutting rates again. No. Uh, normally, when the Fed has started to cut interest rates out of concerns about a possible recession or an overheating economy, when they do cut rates as a stimulus measure to help get, the, get us out of a recession, they normally cut by about five percentage points. And we're only at two and a quarter percent right now. So right. two and a quarter is the most the Fed could cut if we got into unless a they recession. want to go negative like a lot of the rest of the world. But yeah, um, I, I mean you happen. can't. That would not I mean, happen. They bring to us down to the zero, and that's where we would sit. Two points negative. I mean, yeah. Um, but they don't look. They don't have a lot of weapons in the arsenal, they, and they know that. And they're not going to go this back is another, to QE. This is one of many instances where Trump is saying consequences be damned. I want lower rates right now. He wants lower rates right now because he thinks that'll help him with re-election, and he doesn't care if it's um, premature, if it's going to if it's going to leave too little in the toolbox for the Fed when it actually needs to combat a real recession. All he cares about is re-election mm-hmm. and getting those rates down. Now we'll see if he gets it. He will, he will probably get lower rates, somewhat, but not all the way to zero by the time of um, real uh, of election day. But I'm not sure that's going to matter. I'm not sure. It, let's say the Fed ends up cutting a total of a point. Uh, so it's already cut by one quarter. Let's see if we get three more one quarter points or something around that. Will, will that make a big difference? Uh, I mean, in terms, it could you know it could make people feel better about going out and getting that mortgage, getting the car loan. It will lower the cost of yeah, borrowing will, money. Borrowing but if money. they don't feel confident their job's going to be there because of a looming right. recession, then maybe they don't go out and take out that loan. The other way this can help is um, it really has to work its way into, into long-term rates. But we do have long-term rates coming down for a variety of reasons. And when rates get, get, that, get as low as they are right now, that's, a, that's an incentive for people to buy stocks because – to just take a gamble on stocks because you're getting no return on bonds. Right. But um, if this all happens for the wrong reason, it implodes. And if the wrong reason would be the, the Fed is doing these things because the economy is weak. So if they're doing it to keep a strong economy strong, it might work. If they're doing it because the economy is weak, it probably won't work because if the economy is weak anyway, a couple, you know, a couple of interest rate cuts aren't going to prop it up. We're going to have to go through the you know, cleansing of a recession. And that is, that's a good way to put it. And we do need to cleanse every, every few years. And it's been quite a while since we've had a recession. Not that I'm wishing one, but you know, a lot of the economists I, I talk to say we are probably due for some sort of a of a pullback. Um, you also have to think about another indicator when it comes to timelines for a recession. And we've talked a lot about the inverted yield curve. And recently it was the the 10-year and two-year notes, uh, their yield curves inverted. The 10-year was below the two-year for a while. Earlier in the year, the 10-year was below the three-month for a while. And the indication is for, for the 10-year and two-year, the relationship there is we usually see recession anywhere from nine months after the inversion to up to 24 months. That's quite and the average is 21 a months. Lot, a lot of lag yeah. time. Right, right. So I think it puts the recession right in between where you and I have been talking throughout this podcast, somewhere in the mid to it late does. 2020 into <laughs> 2021. So yeah. thank you, all you economists out there with all your fancy numbers. But perhaps you're right. I mean, you said in another podcast recently, the bond market doesn't lie. And the bond market really may be signaling something here. 
Well, it's a very tentative signal. Um, so as we sit here, the the, in, the uh, curve that matters, the yield curve that matters most is the two-year compared with the 10-year. And that inverted for what? A couple of hours? That's it. One day? Right. And the market did not open with an inverted yield curve and it did not close with an inverted yield curve, but it happened um, for it, so it's like it's like this, a blip is, on the radar. It's almost as this is like a medieval portent. Oh my God! It inverted. <laughs> run for the hills! Like sort of was like well, the Dow fell eight hundred I mean, points. Yes, it was sort of like run for the hills. You know, um, I I I'm we're we're reading entrails here at this point. I uh, I I'm not buying that the an inverted yield curve for two hours. It can be a meaningful. So it needs e- to be sustained, symbol. and even the Fed has said this. You know, Bullard with with the Federal Reserve has said it needs to be a sustained in, inversion yeah, for it to really mean anything. So economists don't know. They they honestly don't know on this. So um, this is this is a highly reliable recession indicator um, that has correlated with every single recession of the post war era. But we it has not happened in an environment where. Interest rates overall are as low as That's they are the right difference. now. That's so the difference. So that means we have com- like compressed um, a compressed scale of interest rates, and I mean economists don't fully understand that. I it's mean, a they, don't, they don't really understand why interest rates are so low. Why we haven't had inflation, and a corollary of that is: um, Does a yield curve inversion mean the same thing when you've got interest rates compressed so much as they are right now to start with? Um, or it, does it become less meaningful? Um, I, I, I'm kind of inclined if, – if it was just that two-hour period on one day, I'm inclined to dismiss it, honestly. A number of economists um, I, I've talked to feel the same way. Yeah. And they say because all the external factors this time are different than prior times during inversions. Famous last words, this time is different. This time is different. Um, well, we'll have to and see. It and almost, it almost never is. Yeah. But um, – you know, I mean, economics is not a hard science. I mean, these are not rule, uh, inviolable right. rules the way rules of physics are inviolable. That is not the way economics works. Consumer behavior has a lot to we're do We're looking. With we're always, as investors, we're looking for guidelines. Yeah, right. Right, and this is at best I'll tell you a, what, it freaked out the Trump administration. Uh, and, it, and it freaked out, you know, the stock market for a little while. But, God, the stock market has such a short-term memory. I mean, uh, it came roaring <laughs> back. Oh, my God, the recession indicator is on. And then, what, three days later, we see the rally and who cares. And, by the way, if the recession indicator is right, the recession's not going to happen for 21 months on average. What are right. we supposed to do in right. the meanwhile? I guess I mean, have a volatile do, stock market. How do we market? spend 21 months preparing for a recession? Yeah. Well, you know I mean, what? It's almost like, could, we, little... could we just get the recession started this was a little and get it over with? If the report report was right in the Washington Post, President Trump, one of Trump, President Trump's favorite publications, <laughs> wink, wink, um, in which people within the administration were saying, we're not preparing for a recession. Shouldn't an administration always be preparing for the worst case scenario? And shouldn't that be comforting to Americans? They should be preparing for the worst case scenario, but they should not be telling anybody they're preparing <laughs> for the worst okay. case scenario. Too much transparency, I, I, right? I'm not faulting the White House too much on this one. Um, I, we, we have heard uh, President Trump's two um, happy talkers, Larry Kudlow and Peter Navarro. Um, you know, Trump could do no wrong. Larry, Larry Kudlow, formerly a free trader, now a full-on protectionist, um, the guy who said in December of 2007, which is exactly when the last recession began, I see no recession anywhere near on the horizon. Now he's saying the same thing. 
Um, he was wrong then. I mean, I, 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 but this time there's different, no reason Rick. we should believe him now. This this time is different <laughs> because he's in the White. He has a job right. in the White House protecting the president, whose reelection depends on there being no recession. So he has less credibility now than he did have in 2007. These guys have to say this in a way, even more so at this president. We know that um, President Trump requires you to sell your soul the moment you step into the White House. And um, say whatever's necessary to make him look good, even if it makes you look like an ass. I think Navarro and Cudlow are going to look like asses um, before this term is over. I think it's highly, highly possible, put it that way, because they're saying things. Uh, Peter, Peter Navarro is predicting a bull market into 2020. Right. He's one. Of, he's he's the president's top advisor on trade. Um, just wait till. That doesn't happen. Maybe they I think mean, if they say it enough, it'll just be. It doesn't you know, work that right? way. doesn't work that not. way. Well, don't you go selling your soul and there becomes to anybody, a, um, okay? Uh, well, the White House wouldn't hire me, so even <laughs> I if, I, be- even if I begged them. Um, so the, it's fine to say things like that now, but what Trump and his economic – the risk for Trump and all of his economic advisors who keep saying strongest economy ever or things look great – is that if and things do And the superlatives. T- it's the things, best ever. Right. It was never better than this. It's if not things, true. If things do turn down, they have no credibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they say, um, okay, we, we, do, we do acknowledge that times have gotten a little bit tough. Here's our plan. Who's going to believe them? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are, what are elections all about? Elections are about, about what voters believe in, in the candidates. Do they believe the candidate will do a better job than the prior candidate? Do they believe the candidate will make them better off than they have been for the last few years? And um, if Trump and his advisors just get – and his proxies just get caught uh, basically uh, happy trying to happy talk a recession, um, Trump has no chance. I think Trump is going to lose no matter what. Hmm. Um but Whether we're in recession or not, you don't think Trump gets reelected? It obviously depends on who his candidate is. And we, we, we should do another podcast on this maybe. But um, I, I think he has no chance. All right. I well, shouldn't say – I shouldn't put it that you way. You know what? You're in luck because we have more podcasts and we can make that one <laughs> of gonna, our I'm gonna, topics. I'm going to rephrase what I just said. Okay. I should not say he has no chance. I think it's highly unlikely, unlikely. he can win. We're going to hold you to it. I'm, it's fine with me. All right. Listen, we want to thank everybody. I get spitballed all the time, whether <laughs> I, I'm right or wrong. I know you can. And we appreciate you for that. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Ballads and Dollars this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Alexis TV News. Rick J. Newman. Head on over to wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to rate this one very highly and look forward to next week's new episode. Is highly stimulating a rating they can give us? 